how come you're always helping everybody and getting paid back for well that's the way i am you know i'm a little hard-headed they say dusty Rhodes, how come you don't look like rick flair and have all them muscles and pretty body well i like the nightlife just a little bit better than i like the damn gym jack you understand as long as I can get out and do it better than anybody, and as long as I make more money per night than any athlete in this country, and as long as I make a half a million dollars a year, I don't really give a damn what they think out there. Can you dig that? I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope you can. Lord, I hope you can. Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved Rose Birds Podcast. Hyphen Nation. I am your host, Kellen Conley, aka BIP. How's everybody doing this morning, man? How's everyone doing? See me personally, I, I just woke up. So I'm I'm in that that groggy state still. I got my coffee though, so. We're going to do this one step at a time. One step at a time, folks. And I was I was just saying on yesterday's Daily H-Bot video, how even when you have a short week sometimes, because Memorial Day was Monday, <laughs> sometimes the short weeks feel longer than the regular weeks, man. Maybe because you're cramming so much into them, especially relating to work. I mean, if, you, if you're not working or anything, short week is short week to you. But especially when you're at work, you're cramming so much stuff in those four days that normally would be five. And it, it just feels like a lot. It feels like a lot, man. We're here. We made it until the next, <laughs> next holiday, which would be Juneteenth. I'll be heading to the beach that day. So, well, I'll already be at the beach that day. So I should be on the boardwalk on Juneteenth. Knock on the wood. You never know what could happen, man. Um, it's been it's been a crazy few weeks. Um, my best friend Matt, who was on episode two hundred four, all the way from New Zealand, he flew back in from New Zealand because probably within the last forty-five days or so. Him and his sister Crystal found out that their dad had uh, had cancer. Roger, the cancer is not named Roger. That their dad Roger had cancer, and it had already metastasized, and it was it was kind of all over the place. So they were going to put him on an aggressive treatment program to to try to do to stop it, but with it spreading so fast, and you know there was fluid on his lungs and things like that, it just. He, he opted not to do it, which I don't blame him. So they went back home to Crystal's house, and then Matt flew in from New Zealand. And so they spent three or four days, Matt and Crystal, and Crystal's husband, TJ, trying to take care of Roger and stuff, trying to make him as comfortable as possible. By Saturday, which is the day after I got home, Roger was, had decided he wanted to go to inpatient hospice because he realized that 
Um, he he didn't want Crystal or Matt to have to try to take care of him anymore. So he went to this hospice um, right outside of Martinsburg, West Virginia. And I saw Matt for lunch at uh, El Puente and Cape and Bridge. And that was cool. Didn't get to see Roger. That, that was my intention, but it, it just wasn't in the cards. And that's fine because obviously Roger's not my dad. And I saw Roger right after Apple Blossom before he we went home because that was the weekend he came home initially. And we had lunch, and, and I was like, hey, I'm in town till the morning. If, if you need me, let me know. And right after we had lunch, Matt went back to the hospice and spent time with his dad. He was down there on Sunday. I went back home Sunday morning. And then, yeah, they, pretty much they spent the whole day with Roger at the hospice and it was beautiful. Roger was outside. He looked, he looked at peace and Matt, Matt had to go back to New Zealand. He couldn't extend his stay anymore. So he, and his, Roger didn't want to be buried and he didn't want to have a funeral. So it wasn't really, not that it wasn't a big deal, but it wasn't as imperative that he stay necessarily when he lives all the way on the other side of the world. So he started heading home and then I woke up that Tuesday morning after I got back. And it was just absolutely beautiful outside. But you know how sometimes it's just absolutely still. Like warm weather and it's just, it just has a stillness to it. I, I just, I, I don't know how to explain it. But I knew that that was going to be the day. And I don't know whether he had passed already by then, because that was like 8 o'clock in the morning, or if he passed later. But that was the day that, that Roger passed away. And Matt was literally on a plane, or he was in, he was in a, he was, uh, what's the word, en route to his plane, his first plane, because it takes him two flights. Because he has to fly all the way back to Auckland, and then from Auckland, he goes back into Wellington, New Zealand. And when he came in, he flew all the way into Houston. And then from Houston, he flew into Pittsburgh. Long, 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 long flights. But, of course, it's his dad. So, you do what you got to do. So, yeah, it's, it's been over a week since he passed. Today is his memorial service. They're having it in Cape and Bridge back, at, back home. And I'm I'm hoping they get a good turnout to, you know, share some memories about Roger and everything. Because, again, Roger didn't want a funeral. So I think this little memorial gathering they're doing is, is mostly for the family. And my thoughts and prayers are with them, of course. And, yeah, it's... Again, I, I've come back to this multiple times. And I am so thankful that dad is still here. But it's just difficult. It just hits different when you lose a parent. It really does. And you you can't really explain it. And and Matt was talking about he was he was talking about how he, he, he told everybody at work back in New Zealand. He's like, Yeah, my my dad died, I'm going back home to see him. And he got back and he said that he's absolutely sick of people asking how his dad is. <laughs> because 
obviously his dad passed away. And so it's just that awkwardness when it was a little different for me, but the awkwardness comes from the fact that he told people he was going to go see his, his sick dad. And then he came back like relatively quickly. It was like within a week or so. And everybody's like, Oh, how's your dad? And it's like, how do you answer that when your dad's dead? And you know what I told him? I just straight up told him, I was like, tell him that your dad's, your dad passed away, man. Tell him it's an awkward situation. But I was like, you have to embrace as funny as it sounds, you have to embrace his death, you know? Like, if somebody's literally asking you how you are, blah, 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 like, be honest with them. Don't, you, you don't have to sugarcoat your feelings. You don't have to think about, oh, this could make this awkward for them. No. No. You, you just lost a parental unit, literally. And if they are dumb enough to ask you how your dying dad is doing when you're back from the States within a week and then even ask, is, is he doing better now? No, you, you tell them, no, unfortunately he passed away. You don't got to be rude about it. Pussy, no, he passed away. And, and then they know. And, and again, it's, it's a way to kind of normalize it. I would think. Because with both of my moms, like Barbara went pretty quickly out of out of nowhere. She'd been in hospital, then they put her in this hospice to get better and kind of start, you know, getting her rehabilitated. And then she suddenly passed away. She was gone. But everybody knew that I that uh she had passed away. So that that was a whole thing. Um, and then with Bonnie again, like. I woke up that Friday morning and I, and I told Angel at like six in the morning. I'm like, I gotta go home. Like I, I, I knew, I knew that was going to be the day, and it was. Uh, within 24 hours, she was gone. So, I made it through work today, and then I went. But at the same time, I was coming back, and it's like, okay, my mom passed. So it, it is weird when you're in a travel situation, with a parent. So, so I, I can, I can understand. The confusion and all that, for sure. <sighs> but I mean, now he's on his Matt and Crystal are on their own grief journeys, so to speak. I hate to say it like that, but it, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's a grief journey, and you know, like it's. When it comes to death anyway, like, everybody grieves in their own way, but I am a tr real believer in the fact that, even though we're grieving in our own way, that you do the grieving. Because, you, just like anything in life, you can't sit here and, and bury all your feelings and not deal with them. So yeah, it's awkward sometimes, but... I mean, allow yourself to grieve, man. And apparently I felt some kind of way about that because that's how we just started out the entire episode. <laughs> You're wondering why I'm so laid back. It's literally Saturday morning. Aaliyah had a sleepover, and my mother-in-law and Angel are still upstairs trying to sleep. So 
no apologies here. Morgantown weather report. Looks like we got a high of 89 today, folks. That's insane. 89 degrees on June 3rd. But we'll take it. Uh, 40% chance of rain. Looks like later, though. So it doesn't look like any real rain. Tomorrow's going to be 82 for when I go see Spider-Verse in the morning. And uh, partly cloudy. And then, looking at the 10-day, looks like we have no rain coming. Other than this little 40% chance today. Until the following Sunday and, and Monday. And even then, it's low chances. So, temperature looks like it's going to drop a little bit, though. So, I hope everybody's out there enjoying 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 I don't know why it sounds so weird enjoying the weather and uh you know enjoying the start of summer like the girls just finished up school so Angel's done until August Aaliyah's done until August and uh now all the all the fun summer plans are gonna come to fruition again knock on wood you never know so so it's a very exi- exciting time. Like, I honestly just love June, man. Like, July's cool, but also July's hot. And don't get me wrong, you know, I love hot weather. But typically, June is my is my favorite summer month. Also, Angel's birthday's in it. So, so that helps. Leave it to Beaver. That is not what I'm looking for. Leave it all behind. How about that? And then we do foreign exchange. Got it. So I'm just excited. The warm weather's here. Excited for summer. But June's my favorite month. July is cool. August is so bittersweet. As soon as August hits, it feels like it's over. Even though summer kind of lasts until October at this point now. It's like, oh, it's, it's over. It's done. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm in a good space, man, so, no, I'm not a space man, I'm just in a good space pause, man, <laughs> so, I hope everybody else is doing well, too. I guess I'll lead off the show talking about well even though I've just done a 14 minute monologue about death and the weather report and all this stuff I as I am known to do I had a random song I'm actually going to have to go look here so going to Spotify I was actually oh I got to put out victory jump off radio oh by the way if um any of you are are unaware Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, bringing great podcasts to the people, or hyphenpodcastgroup.com, and also by the markrob.wordpress.com. That's T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. So shout out to the homie Mark Rob. He just dropped a new piece. I told y'all, not what I was talking about when I said, I have read some things you haven't, um, but I told y'all, that my man drops prolific paragraphs because he did a piece revisiting girls, the HBO show. Because back in 2017, when it ended, he had he had kind of 
wrote his thoughts about what what had happened uh, with the show, and he actually had done a rewatch of it and then revisited those same thoughts. And it's very good. It's very good. You can go check out both pieces. And again, that's the Mark Rob that WordPress.com. So let's let's see how I ended up here because I'm kind of kind of curious now. So I would assume maybe I played Cupid. And then somehow, some way, one of the songs from the foreign exchanges, Leave It All Behind, came on, Valediction. Now, Leave It All Behind, Spotify says October 7th, 2008. I don't trust those dates. Wikipedia says October 14th, 2008. I don't know if Dart cares, but he may dispute that fact. Um, The foreign exchange, man, if you're familiar with Fonte of Little Brother. Well, that that's where the foreign exchange essentially comes from. He linked up with a producer named Nicolay in t- like the early 2000s. I want to say I wanted to say 2004, but it says here that they linked up in 2002. But yeah, they uh, Nicolay and Fonte actually started talking to each other on okplayer.com. And then they made an album called Connected which uh, showcased Nicolay's pr- production and then Fonte as the, the main artist versus being a little brother with rapper Big Pooh. And I I checked out the first album and I thought it was fine. I actually could probably go back and revisit it. But in 2008, when Leave It All Behind came out, man, again, it, it was late, Late 2008 when this thing came out. Now, 2008 was probably one of the worst years of my life, (laughs) to be honest. Because, let's see, Angel had moved. We were still together, but she had moved back home to teach because it was her first teaching job. So I was living out in Morgantown in the same house with my boy Ed. And initially, when I had gotten kicked out of school again in 2007 for, uh, I almost said financial probation, for academic probation, because I just didn't give didn't care enough about school. Um, I had gotten a job with Ed at Teletech to pay the rent and all that stuff. Well, late 2007, I had gotten a phone call. Uh, it's a contact center for Bank of America, so I got a phone call. And I had done the, the spiel. Thank you for calling Bank of America, whatever, whatever it is, right? And then there was no answer. But then there was a pause, like, then I didn't say anything. And the rule is whenever you answer a call, and I'm, I don't know if it's still this way, but whenever you answer the call, you're supposed to say the greeting, pause. If you don't hear anything, say the greeting again. If you don't hear anything, say the greeting one more time. And then you're supposed to say, I'm disconnecting this call now. Well, I said the greeting. There was a pause. And there was just silence. And it was maybe about 30 to 45 seconds of silence. I don't remember this call. And I didn't remember this call back then either. And so I'm literally sitting on the phone. And then I just, I, I, dis, I, I guess I disconnected. That's what it seemed like. And then I went on my next phone call. Perfectly fine. Well, <clears throat> 
my team lead didn't take too kindly to this because, one, this is my second stint of teletech. I had left teletech to go back to school a few years earlier. And so it's my second stint of teletech. And I don't think my team lead liked me because my other numbers, which I don't remember anything about, weren't that great. So he had called me in the office and everything. And he's like, listen to this. And he's like, this is, this is, um, you're not doing your job, whatever you want to call it. He's like, you, you didn't, you're just sitting on phone calls, not taking calls. When clearly my numbers show that I did take calls. But yeah, he's like, mm, we're going to fire you. <laughs> so I lost my job and I was trying to scrape by and pay my half of the rent. It was getting kind of dicey. It was bad. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't get, I didn't have a job for a little bit after that. And so I almost got evicted from the house that I was renting with Ed. Thankfully, my parents came through and were like, we'll pay your rent the rest of the semester. And then you won't get evicted. And then you're on your own after that. You got to get out. Like, Okay, that's fair. <sighs> yeah. And then on top of that, with Angel not around and me getting kicked out of school and then me getting fired. I don't like to say getting kicked out of school with me not applying myself in school and then getting fired and then having all this downtime because I'm trying to find a job. Um, and and I, I could have done a better job looking for jobs. I lost my job, had nothing to do, couldn't go to school. Um, got lucky on keeping a home thanks to my parents. Had no hot water because couldn't pay the, elect the the gas bill. So it was just straight cold water in the house. Anyway, aside from all that, um, yeah, like like all I did was was listen to music and drink all the time. That 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 was that was my move. Drink, listen to music, drink, listen to music. So by the end of two thousand eight, this is like a whole cycle that I'd been through. And by then, Angel had moved back. She had gotten a job 45 minutes away at this middle school called Fairview. And so I, I didn't have a car yet. And we lived um, we lived close to Saberton. And I had to go downtown. Uh, whenever I had to go to town, downtown, I normally had to walk. So it's like a 20-minute walk. So I would just always, you know, load up the iPod and start walking and listen to music and download the new songs from the blogs and all that. So... I don't know what made me take a chance on this album. I, I knew I, I really enjoyed Little Brother and I like Fonte, but I maybe I watched a video from it, but I was like, let, let me check out this whole second album from Foreign Exchange. Oh, by the way, Connected did come out in 2004. So I was right, called Leave It All Behind. And... 808 to the Heartbreaks came out like right after this. I think it was November 2008. So pair those two together along with me with a drinking problem and me. Uh, by then I was working at the shoe department, starting at the shoe department and then having a bleak outlook on where my life was going at the tender age of 25. And this music just spoke to me. All I did was run, leave it all behind. So when Valediction came up, I was like, yo, I haven't listened to Leave It All Behind in years. So let me let me start playing it. So the thing I love about this is I, 
I I fully expected because I think I had checked again. I think I had checked it out connected before, and I thought it'd be Fonte raps over Nicolay beats, but the sound had grown so organically in the four years since the first album, and then I didn't know Fonte could sing. Then, yeah, I listened to the Little Brother albums, but I I couldn't have told you that that was Fonte singing. I wasn't that big of a fan. So, to be welcomed into this entire soul album is what the genre Wikipedia has it down uh, down as. But I mean, it's it's totally an an R and B album, and it was nominated for a uh, best urban slash alternative performance. <sighs> and the the themes of the album is all your typical soul fare. Like I I can literally read. The song titles to you, Daykeep, Daykeeper, phenomenal. Take off the blues, phenomenal. All or nothing slash coming home to you. I ran this the other day, and I forgot about the beat switch. Whew. Wow, I want to know. Beautiful ballad, beautiful ballad. House of Cards, so good. Sweeter than you, great. Valedictions, good. If she breaks your heart, if this is love, something behold, leave it all behind. Like it's eleven songs. The runtime on this album is 43 minutes, 35 seconds. And it, you know how certain albums just have that winter vibe to them where it's like, yeah, I just listened to this in the spring, but especially when you're going through it, then it just really, it just really fits the weather. It's like, cold weather music for I don't know like sad boy music for cold weather and I I had never I don't know honestly think about all the music I had consumed up to that point by 25 I don't think I had had a connection with an album in that in that dark kind of way necessarily I was in dark places like when Get Rich or Die Trying came out or Philadelphia Freeway came out or a documentary came out. I was depressed when all those came out. But those were just dope rap albums that kind of helped me get through my funk, which is, I consider that different. But leave it all behind in, in conjunction with 808. Because, boy, I, I was literally walking on the rail trail when I hit play on 808s. And I first heard Say You Will. It was freezing. It was cold outside. Maybe it was not freezing, freezing, but it was cold. And I hit play on that, and then that that beat hit my ears. And I and then I was just on a journey for the rest of 808s. And I was actually mad at myself for having listened to Love Lockdown because I felt like it kind of ruined the album experience for me. Because... Then I, I'd heard heard a song, and in the context of having heard it before, it kind of messed up the flow initially for me. I, I felt at that time, but back to leave it all behind, man. Like the the production on this, it's all Nicolay, and he's incredible. He like I I know he's there's been like two other foreign exchange albums. I think they have four albums. I think the last one was Land of Milk and Honey a few years ago. Let's do my podcast, the 101. So authenticity, 
I remember that one. This is a live show. Love and Flying Colors. Tales from the Land of Milk and Honey. Yeah, that was that was a damn. The last Ford Exchange album was in 2015. That makes me sad. That's tough. What? I need to at Fonte. Now I know he'd be doing like uh the Questlove podcast and all the other stuff, and then little brothers back together, and they they do tours and stuff, but. And he's he's done a few he's done two solo albums at this point. Like, why can't we get another foreign exchange album? And and I like Tales from Land of Milk and Honey, but just certain albums just in certain times of your life just sticks with you. And Leave It All Behind is definitely one of them. <sighs> my my favorite song on here I I wanna know is great. All or nothing is great too. When I was younger and I I first started writing music and of course, in case y'all didn't know, I I used to sing and I used to write R&B songs before Mac convinced me to start writing raps. My first rap song was called Mace Me to Real Thug. With um, R&B, Matt had made a, made a comment to me at some point in the course of our lives that he wished R&B wasn't always about love. Like he wished it had, it had something more to say. Now, obviously, like if you look at Stevie's catalog, you look at Prince's catalog, you look at um, uh, the, the, the Marvin Gaye's catalog, there's plenty of songs about issues bigger than love. But at the same time, listening to R&B today, which I do, I do still enjoy, but the reason I keep coming back to a lot of the stuff from the 90s and early 2000s is because it was that classic R&B that, that I grew up with. I was riding around the other day, literally yesterday, and I was like, play Love Should Have Brought You Home by Tony Braxton. Nope. It was um Another Sad Love Song by Tony Braxton. And... I enjoyed the ever-living hell out of that song. So while I think it's equally as important to write songs about R&B, soul songs, about things that's going on in the world, you can't take away necessarily the songs about love and breaking up and being lonely because without those, then you don't have the, the base to really build on as far as those other, the commentary to the other things. Everybody's interpretation of music is different. So while Matt may hear a bunch of sappy love songs, if he listens to Leave It All Behind, I hear the struggle of relationships. I hear the struggle of trying to find yourself in the world, because that's what I was trying to do. I hear the beauty that's in the production throughout and all the nuances and all the little things that were done to make the album as cohesive as possible. I see the time and the effort that was put into the album, not only on the production side, but also on the writing side by Fonte and crew. And I, I, I even look at this cover and 
the cover is absolutely gorgeous. It, it's it's looks like it's set up for a wedding. Like they're out, it's outside, outside outdoor shot. White chairs everywhere set up for a wedding. Like, and it looks like it's a fall photo because there's no leaves on the trees. And I believe there's a a water behind there. Just a little crappy a copy that's on Wikipedia. But the idea of the empty wedding itself. Let's speak to that just from the album cover. So you you think that normally when you see a bunch of chairs set up and especially outside and you see that someone's about to get married and it's prior to the wedding, then of course you have people sitting, you have people uh, chatting, uh, the people that are in the wedding are getting in their places. They'll normally have the, um, if there's going to be something down the aisle for the for the bride to walk down, they'll have that down. The music's playing, the pian the the pianist is doing her thing. There's a lot of things, a lot of anticipation when it comes to what you see prior to a wedding. This photo reminds me of after the wedding, which would be after all the guests have moved on to the reception. It looks like most of the things are cleaned up other than the chairs still sitting out there. And now with just nature and these empty chairs and no other necessary, no other wedding items. The cover just says to me, okay, now what? Which is a crazy thought in itself. Cause that, that speaks to you on so many levels. Cause it's like, okay, now what? So where did the guests go? We assume the guests are at the reception and we assume the bride and groom are also at the reception, assuming that everything went well at the wedding. But what if it didn't? What if something happened to one of the guests at the wedding and they had to stop the wedding? What if they got up there and then the bride or groom said, I can't do this. And they walked away and they didn't get married. What if there's all these, all these what ifs and that cover art really speaks to the what ifs in life. Sometimes life is an empty, picturesque field of empty chairs, and you don't know which one to sit in because you don't know who you are. Yeah, it could be a happy ending with everybody being at, um, you know, at the reception, and it just literally being chairs waiting to be picked up. So it could just be the the things that you have to do later. You can look at it that way. It could be the wedding was two days ago and no one's felt like going outside to pick up the chairs because it was a Friday wedding and there was no other weddings this weekend. So the, the chairs have been sitting there all weekend. And so now they're, they're forgotten about chairs in a way where eventually somebody will come and help. But these are, these are just empty chairs waiting for someone to choose them and take a seat and move on with the next thing that's going to happen in their life. But right now they're just in this weird place where things don't make sense, no one's sitting. Yes, I'm speaking from the chair's perspective. No one's sitting. No one is around. It's just these empty chairs, like WTF. Why am I here? (laughs) What's going on? So you could even look at it from that perspective. And the music speaks to all those themes. And this is another reason why I freaking love music. I know I sit here five times a week and do 60-second clips. Be like, yo, 
I really like this Obi Trace song. You should like it too. I do love doing that. But that's just such a small piece of what music can can do for me. And, and to have this time capsule of sorts to look back at that time in my life and feel how lost I was then and draw on those emotions. And then think about last night. There's actually been two nights this week where I've been um, just been relaxing in the living room and with girls or even last night, like Leah had to sleep over. Angel went back to the bedroom. I was finishing up watching the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None. Highly recommend it. Again, I know I've talked about Master of None a lot on here. I just wanted to see the Thanksgiving episode and I watched it. Go watch that Thanksgiving episode of Master of None, man. It's on Netflix. It's so good. Angela Bassett, Chef's Kiss, Lena Way, Chef's Kiss, Aziz Ansari, Chef's Kiss. It, they, they all do an amazing job in that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, the whole house smelled like reefer. I just think about how far I've been able to come since 2008. And I've had my ups and downs for sure. Some of them chronicled on this very podcast, but end of the day, I'm very blessed and very additionally blessed that I, I was reminded of this album and I got to revisit it in a 2023 context versus 2008. To look at it in 2023 from 2008 is quite remarkable. And to have every feeling that I had invoked again that yeah to have every feeling that i had back then invoked again it it was really something it was really something so yeah next recommendation definitely leave it all behind by the foreign exchange you can check out their whole catalog though it's it's all very very good and again i got to revisit connected to see if it feels any different um than it did when i listened to it it was 2004 so it could have been anywhere between 2000 it could be anywhere in that four-year gap between the second album and i was just kind of like oh this is cool but i don't remember giving it much time a day that was just a personal choice not that i didn't like it yo 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 it's your boy the mark rob aka sean matt love talking to you about we should do this again sometime the podcast where we talk film pop culture and everything in between we should do this again sometime we're catching eddie this is the real through the lens of a new and bold generation and where i the mark rob co-host and producer guides you through a crazy journey of time sound and space we should do this again sometime where we talk love death sex we talk talking heads johnny castle being the goat and where we shoot flamethrowers how cool is that we should do this again sometime check us wherever we listen to your podcast rate review give us five stars and if you love us tell a friend to tell a friend Love you. Bye. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. Next topic. This is a brief one. I was thinking last night when I was sitting down here having my end of the week nightcap. And I was like, man, I've been doing a lot of vertical video content, like a ton of it. And speaking of videos, you're watching this on YouTube right now. I'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. If you like the videos, if you left a comment, and if you hit that bell, you'll never miss one of my uploads on Hyphen Universe. I greatly appreciate it, guys. And I was like, 
I, I enjoy doing daily HWA and I enjoy doing dope every two weeks now. But again, just like I had said to Anthony on Memorial Day that I kind of felt like I was defined by my love of bacon for a few years because I was such a bacon fanatic that uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like, I feel like the shorts are easy. Shout out to CapCut, man. CapCut is phenomenal. I do all my editing on my phone for all my, my YouTube shorts, my TikToks, all that. I was debating on whether or not I want to get back more into which what this is like do more of the vertical stuff like I was doing last year and I felt like there was maybe some options for me to do something like that where I'm kind of wanting to start this this hyphen universe show and I posted the episode about procrastination it's actually on the channel right now um I had done like 15 minutes about that and then called it the hyphen universe show and it was like episode one I was considering like doing more of those, but I wanted them to be more of a, a more kind of after show feel like, you know, like I I don't want it to be hyphenation. So I don't want to be like, welcome to the hyphen universe show. Blah, 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 blah. Like I, I've really, I don't even want to mention it's called hyphen universe show. Like really, I just want to turn on the mic and sit here and talk about different things for at least five minutes. And if it goes longer, it goes longer and, and then post it. So I was thinking about rolling the daily HWA themes that I have, which is normally I'll think of something that just a random thought that I'd like to share. Like on Friday, it was don't let anybody take your joy away. Like I'd, I'd like to do something like that in that weekly format, maybe where I do one episode of Hyphen Universe show, talk to that. And then maybe, I don't know maybe do dope in there too i, I don't know because or maybe maybe just stop dope altogether because i'm i'm more of a long form music guy like yeah i, I really like the, the player song baby come back but i i could have done another a full five minutes about baby come back on its own because it's a phenomenal song like the 60 seconds is is nice and it's concise and it ke it keeps me limited and stuff but I, I I don't know. Like I I feel like I I could do more for some of, some of these songs and stuff. So I don't know if anybody out there's listening to this. If you want to reach out to me about your thoughts about me possibly taking a break from the vertical videos and concentrating more on the traditional video sense and uh trying those out, especially following June. So I'm kind I'm kind of getting burned out a little bit on on it too, guys, because. And it's getting warmer, so daily HY is harder to do because daily HY normally gets recorded when I get to work. And if it's really hot in the car or if I'm running behind or it's busy, I don't get to record it right then. And then I try to I'll record it later in the day. And it doesn't matter when it's recorded because I've even stopped saying good morning on it. But the idea is that it gets done in a timely fashion so I can post that. And in weeks when I'm doing dope, I can post dope about an hour later because dope is normally recorded before I leave the house. I don't know if y'all have any thoughts about that. Just let me know. But uh, I'm just looking for more ways to challenge myself, so to speak. And still, because I'm, I'm really enjoying the video content, as y'all can tell, as I look you dead in your eyeballs right now. I still enjoy the, the video content, but I just wonder if there's not something else that I could be. Um, other ways that I could 
do those same things. The only thing that only thing that would hurt though is instead of posting to four platforms like I do on a daily basis, five times at least five times a week, then it kind of eliminates Instagram and it eliminates TikTok. Because on Facebook and YouTube, I can post the longer, the longer content if I'm going to. But then, I mean, I could always clip stuff out, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of clips, did uh, anybody see that clip from Rasslecast when, uh, <laughs> that I posted earlier this week with uh, Lex Luger? That was funny. And I know Lex was on drugs back then. And don't pick on poor Lex Luger. Oh, poor, poor, don't pick on poor Lex Luger. Oh, my God. Oh, shut up. Shut up. God. Lex knows he made mistakes. It's funny. He didn't know. And I just found out this week that that wasn't the actual promo. That was a blooper that got posted to the internet. So it wasn't even the actual take they used at the show. It's funny. It's funny. I don't know. Gosh. Speaking of wrestling, as I sit here and still gaze upon my Roman Reigns wallpaper, <sighs> CM Punk's coming back again. I was very mad at his behavior after All Out last year. I thought it was unprofessional, and especially locker room stuff. I was highly disappointed in him because for me as a CM Punk fan, for me to have waited for eight years. Yeah, eight years. No, seven years for this man to come back to this to come back to wrestling. And then he finally comes back. And then for him to win the belt a second time <laughs> and then go off the way he did on everybody, including his his bosses and his the guys he's with the locker room, and just be so unprofessional. It's very Phil. It's very Phil. But I was pissed. But I also was like, I- I'm done with this guy. I-, I ain't mess with CM Punk anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that was the initial stance. Then a couple months passed. And then I started figuring, all right, this guy's not going to wrestle anymore. So there's no point in me ever me harboring this hate towards him. When this guy's not going to wrestle. So I will let go of my hate. Because I'm not trying to turn the dark side. I'll let go of my hate. And I will enjoy what his body of work as it is. And whatever. It's fine. I'll keep following social media. No big deal. And he made a mistake. But he's not going to wrestle anymore. So. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I can't stand you, CM Punk. Well, then the rumors started back up again. And we've been through the rumor mill. There's an episode. God, it was a red cover. So it was probably like episode 130 something where I'm taught when, when I'm pretty sure that's when Punk had went to we assume it's Punk. He had worn the, the luchador mask and went to that indie show, like one of his first places he ever wrestled. And oh, it might have been when he got hired or got hired by WWE too. Um, and he was doing that, whatever that show was called on 
on FS1, I believe, um, when they first got there. He he was doing the wrestling show. I don't remember what it's called. I thought it was imminent that he would eventually be back in WWE. But he worked for Fox, not WWE. And then that, that got canceled. So, yeah, the rumors started back up. Punk will be returning. He's going to come back on a new TNT show. Meanwhile, it's hockey. Playoff, it's a playoff hockey season. So Punk is posting hockey stories all the time. It's what it's first time he's used stories in months, other than him shoot uh, shooting on Moxley. Uh, out of nowhere, kind of. But Moxley done that interview with Renee, I believe, and was like, "Oh yeah, blah blah blah,", blah. and then Punk came back and said what he said. <sighs> Always got his final word, Punk. And so I didn't think anything of it, but then the Collision announcement came out from AEW. That they're going to have a new Saturday night show. And then Punk's nowhere to be found. But then all the reports say, hey, we found where this old memo where Punk's name was in here. But they took him out. So at this point, I'm like, all right, whatever. He's either going to wrestle or he's not going to wrestle. But finally on Wednesday, Tony Khan was like, yeah, we're going to start our new show. A- Hold on. We're going to start our new show, AEW Collision, on June 17th. In our first episode, we have a very special guest. The one, the only, CM Punk. Cheers. (laughs) Here's what I hope for this punk run. Here's what I hope. I hope this man has apologized to Hangman and to Kenny and to the Bucks. I hope there's been conversations with everybody. I hope. I hope Tony Khan's not just like, we're going to stick you on this Saturday night show and you won't have to deal with any of these other guys because you kind of need those other guys to make money. There's a lot of money on that table. So I hope apologies have been made privately. I hope Punk comes back as a heel. There was a chorus of boos this time when Tony Khan announced that he would be on collision along with the cheers. So he's going to get a huge mixed reaction. It's going to be in Chicago. He might not get a he might not get a mixed reaction though being in Chicago, but he needs to literally come out and be like f all of you mfers and just go full heel again. And I hope this last CM Punk run contains a great heel run. I hope he gets to have many dope matches. I hope he doesn't get hurt anymore. And I hope that he can actually just work out the rest of his contract without there being any more flare-ups because of CM Punk. So I'm hoping that this is the last dance for CM Punk's career and he gets to go out like Jordan, Chicago reference, with the shot, holding it in the air, and then, he, and then he's done. He goes home to AJ and Larry. That, that's what I'm hoping. Is it going to happen? No, because the man is literally a time, a ticking time bomb. So it, 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 we got 14 days till collision, man. Something could happen, and he could not, and he could be out of AEW before then. You never know. You never know with Punk. But I'm looking forward to this last run. Cautiously optimistic. That's that's the best I got. So I'm I'm fine with him coming back. I just hope he made amends the proper way. 
I I just really and plus he he ended up at a he was at WWE show and he he was talking to people and he got to talk to Hunter before Vince had him escorted out and he was at a, a Impact show and and he was he was somewhere else recently I think with um with a couple wrestlers watching Mercedes I believe Sasha Banks I think don't quote me I'm just trying to remember just trying to remember so good for you punk god i hope this run goes smoothly for you bro but i have a feeling it will not last topic man we this is this has been a it's been a, this has been a good run man i, I really like the intimacy of this episode because you know so talked about some life stuff, talk about a little music stuff and how dope Leave It All Behind was. Threw some wrestling in there. Shout out to the Rasslecast Power Hour, as always, on summer hiatus, but we will be back in August. And I already forgot it, but I was talking about something else before I was talking about punk. <laughs> so, so there it is. Last topic is that I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Spoilers... I'm I'm not I'm not going to go in depth, but I do want to talk about the film. So, um, spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Let me drink my coffee. This episode is brought to you by coffee, by the way. <sighs> All right, Guardians three. I haven't written my letterbox review, but. I could see where I would feel like it's a five in parts. It's a much, it's a huge improvement over volume two. And I like volume two, but I didn't love volume two like I love volume one. And there was also the problem for me is I thought with, with, uh, with the success of guardians one guardians two was like, we know we're funny. So we're going to be even more funnier. And some of it was like, I don't know if that's as funny. It had funny moments. I laughed out loud several times. Drax and Mantis' relationship in the second one is is pretty funny. Um, they have some comedic scenes. And you have the heartstrings um, getting pulled, of course, throughout the movie with Peter falling out where, he's from, um, where he came from. And, you, you know, I mean, it, it, was, it, it was really good. I, I enjoy it. Not my not my favorite Marvel movie, but I I just wanna get my podcast one on one on real quick because I wanna wanna make sure I don't leave anybody out from volume two. Oh yeah. Can't forget about Yondu's sacrifice. That that was huge. Uh Gamora and, and Nebula had some great character development in that. Kurt Russell was fine as ego. Um and then besides that, we got introduced to, to Mantis in the film. And it was cool. It was cool for volume two. But I, I've i only watched volume two in its entirety probably once. And that was when it was still on Netflix. I'm fairly sure. Fairly sure. So going into volume three, of course, y- y'all know what happened. almost said Tim Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn had a bunch of his old inappropriate tweets uncovered 
And so Disney was like, oh my gosh, this is inappropriate. You wrote these years ago, but we're going to fire you. And so the cast of Guardians revolted. They're like, we're not going to work for anybody but James. So volume three was up in the air for a little bit. And I don't know if it was a year, six months, 18 months. But eventually, Disney and, and Gunn came to an agreement where he would come back and he would do the third Guardians movie. Of course, in between all that, we had um, Endgame and Infinity War to deal with. So those things happened following volume two. And then COVID happened. And so finally, the third edition of Guardians comes out. And, oh yeah, the other thing is Chris Pratt's a trash bag. And I hate his face. He's he's rude, he's egotistical, egotistical and he's not the same... Um, same Chris Pratt that he was on volume one that I absolutely love from Parks. I was like, oh my gosh, he's so good in this. Look at all the weight he lost. He's actually kind of cute. Blah, 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 blah. And then he turned into a trash bag, left Anna Ferris, and supports Trump. So it is what it is, I guess. So yeah, I have to sit that aside to begin with in order to enjoy the film, and that's why I haven't watched the Mario Brothers movie, because I have to support Chris Pratt if I'm going to watch Mario Brothers. <laughs> Not about that life. And the the movie show starts off with, you know, the Guardians kind of setting up a home base uh, um, on nowhere. And, you know, they're, they're, they've established their, their, their new home base, and everybody's living together, everything's cool, and all of a sudden, Adam Warlock shows up out of nowhere and hurts Rocket. And from there we find out that Rocket has essentially a, a, a kill switch in him where if it's not removed, disabled, they can't really revive him without killing him. So they, they have to go through the whole origin of Rocket Raccoon, which is very, of Rocket, excuse me, which is very cool for most of, for all of Rocket's scenes being CGI. Bradley Cooper did an excellent job with emoting, and I really enjoy getting to see that story about how he came to be. It's very tragic, but at the same time, it 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 get it's a beautiful, moving story about making your own family, which is what the Guardians movies are all about. So I, I love that part for Rocket, and I'm just, I'll, let me just break down each character's arc here. Cat had mentioned when she saw the screening that she felt like they were extremely mean to Mantis and she didn't like that. I've not listened to the, we should do this again sometime episode where they talked about guardians. I hope you have. And if you're not listening to, we should do this again sometime, then that's your fault. You totally need to get on that. ASAP. Um, wherever podcasted or podcasted. And I can totally see that where they are overly mean to Mantis. Uh, especially Drax at times, but it also kind of ties into her character arc at the end where she decides she's going to leave the Guardians to kind of find out who she is because her whole life she served Ego, and then after that she served the Guardians. These, these are her words, and now she wanted to find out who, who she actually was. So, so yeah, they, they were mean to her because she could do these amazing things and they were always, always useful like Mantis do this, Mantis do this. And then they would just pick on her all the time. And she fell on her head a lot, which is funny. 
<laughs> Whenever she fell, she fell right on the back of her neck, man. So R.I.P. Mantis is next. But I I felt like she had a great moment where she stood up to Nebula after call, Nebula was calling Drax dumb and, and everything like that. And while, yes, the Guardians were, were mean to her throughout the film, overly mean, and could have been toned down a little bit, yes. But I also feel like you don't get her redeeming moment where she stands up to Nebula or her next step in her life where she's going to go find herself without the meanness. So, and also the part where she defends Drax and stands up to Nebula and then she, after Nebula calls Drax stupid and she, she uh, does, does her thing where she touches him and she's like, forget. And he completely forgets what she said. That, that was just such a tender moment for me because it just shows how much she's an empath on top of all her wonderful powers. And, it, and it, it's nice to see see that reflection because I feel like I'm an empath at, at times. So I could totally relate to to that moment where you see someone's hurting and you want them to stop hurting and she's able to do it. And I mean, we're unfortunately not able to do it that way in real life. So I loved her character arc. As far as Star-Lord goes, I I don't know how far along we are in the Marvel timeline anymore. I guess we're somewhere in the twenty. They're they're ahead of us, so I guess they're closer to twenty thirty than we are. But Star Lord's arc was good. I thought they were going to kill him at the end, which would have been unexpected, especially for him sacrificing himself the way that he attempted to. I thought that once I I kind of feel like I'm glad that yeah he got stupid drunk in the beginning, and that's part of the reason why he wasn't there to defend Rocket, and that's why his part of his motivation is. He's he wasn't there for his his best friend at the time when he got when he got attacked and so he got hurt and this is all his fault because he was drunk because uh, he misses Gamora even though Gamora is alive it's alternate Gamora from Endgame so it's not the same Gamora and I I I thought his performance was really good and I thought his story arc of tr- of trying to help his friend and then deal with the fact that Gamora that not his Gamora is helping and coming to terms with that loss was really beautifully well done and then I thought that fake out at the end of where I thought he was going to die before Adam Warlock saved him was well done too I like the fact that he went back home to earth and is and reconnected with his grandfather I think that's good for him because again he's another person in the Guardians who really needs to learn who he is because he's been the space pirate his whole life and he's missed out on his entire, he's, well, yeah, he's been a space pirate. He, he doesn't remember where he came from either, for real. He's just been in space. And so getting to see him really reconnect with his human side, especially after what we saw, what he truly was in the second one, was a, was a very good touch. And also, he wasn't the main character this time, uh, like he was the first two films. Rocket was. And I felt like, I felt like in the in because of that he got his moments to shine without being overly I'm Star Lord. I'm Star Lord, you know, which is kind of what he was known for. So I, I, I thought he had a happy ending. <sighs> Gamora man she, or alternate Gamora, she she looks so happy to be with the Ravagers at the end. Her coming to terms with who she was before and then realizing that again you can 
you can still make bonds with people even if it's not um even even if they've and she's in a weird situation she literally was a different person <laughs> and then that person died and here's another version of her so she realized that she doesn't have to necessarily live up to what Gamora did before but same time she can always be, be a better version of the Gamora she is now so I think that was her whole character arc and that was very good Drax Drax is perfect man I feel like Batista got more acting in this one it wasn't just oh I'm gonna kill you here's my knife blah, 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 blah. He, he obviously got the, the comedic chops he had his funny moments but seeing him with those kids and then the dancing at the end I thought that was really cool and him getting getting to have a family again because the Guardians was his family but then him getting to be a father again after what happened to his child um, way back before Guardians won I, I just absolutely love that. My dogs are barking again. I apologize. Nebula, Karen, oh, Karen Gilliam killed it. She killed it. Uh, yeah, like no, normally uh, when I've watched Guardians movies, I've I'm not felt any kind of way about Gamora or um, Nebula. And maybe it's because of Endgame and because of Infinity War with Nebula. But Nebula really stole the movie, <laughs> I felt. I felt like she was like the one really pushing the plot along like, like constantly. She really stepped up in her role as the the second leader and now the eh, I mean, no cuz she she left the Guardians too now that I think about it. She she really was able to show her growth where oh, I know why. It's the first time she's been in the Guardians that we've really gotten to see her like that. Because before, obviously, she was trying to kill Gamora. And so she was always evil. So this is the first time we got to see the full Guardian side of her. And I absolutely loved it. I was here for it. Shout out to Nebula, man. That was, that was ugh. So good. So good. And yes, I, I was attracted to a, a blue robot this time. So. So good. Groot could do no wrong. The, the the hidden guns, the, the gun face off with Quill Man. That was great. The montage in the hallway when they're just tearing through everybody as a team. That was great. The music was great. We got some upgrades. Starting it out with 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 creep, man. Oh what a mood. What a mood, man. Especially for Rocket. I'm a creep. Ugh. What a mood. Great job. And it, it was, it was, it works because, again, just like No Way Home, just like Wakanda Forever in some ways, other than the Ironheart parts, and of course bringing in um, Namor, when the new phase movies don't have to continue building the story and they get to be self contained. That's when they really shine, like Shang-Chi as well. But when they're constantly trying to push the overall narrative of the phase, like uh, Quantumanium, that's when you kind of lose me. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, And, and again, like I, I said before, Quantum Manium was fine, but I, I don't really have much to say about it. 
And Marvel still got to figure out what they're going to do with John the Majors. I mean, nobody knows what's happening to John the Majors still. So, whatevs. Did, did I cover all the main characters? Shout out to Kraglin. Great. Absolutely great in this movie. Oh, the, the dog. I, I, what's the dog's name, man? I can't, I can't. Hold on. Podcast 101 again. Dog. Guardians. Of the galaxy. Cosmo. Cosmo was so adorable, man. I didn't even know Cosmo the space dog was a thing until I'm pretty sure it was Leo Marvel Superheroes 2. <laughs> was the first time I figured out that Cosmo space dog was a thing. And I've been reading comics a long time, but I never really, really I never really read the the Guardians books or any of the space stuff like that. So that's why I wasn't aware. Cosmo and Kraglin going back and forth about whether or not she's a good dog. So good. And that payoff eventually when she comes through for Kraglin, he's like, she's a good dog. Great scene. Great scene. So my letterbox score, it, it's either a four or four and a half. It's hard to find flaws in this movie, but I got to compare it to the OG. And end of the day, I think I would still take volume one over volume three. But volume three is so satisfying. So shout out to James Gunn and everybody that worked on this movie. Excellent work. I am so, uh, I, I was so happy with the results. So great job, guys. Absolutely great job. So now we come to the part of the show where I like to say, You've been listening to Hyphenation, the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast, brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, bringing great podcasts to the people, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, and themarkrob.wordpress.com, T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. That's right. Shout out to my man, Marcus. If you're listening to Hyphenation on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please give the show five stars. And leave a uh, review if you're able. I would love to read your reviews on the show. I absolutely will do it. Um, good or bad, it does not matter to me. The more you rate the show, uh, the more people will find out about the Barack Obama Approval World's Greatest Podcast. So I'm absolutely about that life. Love that life for me. Uh, what else? Let's see. If you want to get in contact with the show, bhypen at gmail.com. Be hyphen on Twitter, the be hyphen on Instagram, and hyphen universe on Facebook. If you want to go the hyphen podcast group route, you can do so at hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, hyphen pod group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, and hyphen podcast group on Instagram. You can do it any of those ways. And if you have a certain podcast platform that you can't find hyphenation or any of our great shows on, well, let somebody know, mainly me, and I will get that fixed for you as soon as possible because that's important. Also, I'd like to take this time uh, for to suggest that you check out hyphenuniverse.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash be hyphen, and you can buy me a sushi. Um, that's what the page says. You can do a one-time donation to the cause of me doing all this content, or you can do a monthly contribution. Anything you want to do is greatly appreciated. I really do appreciate it, and guess what? I appreciate it because I didn't want to say that twice, so I said it three times. Just, just saying. 
Um, also, I have merch, uh, so and you can find the links to that on hyphenuniverse.com as well. I, I got a couple shirts, got some Rasselcast stuff, so feel free to check that out. Check that out as well. The power of positivity is real, folks. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you, always. First and foremost, always and forever. So please, please do that. Make sure, make sure you're setting boundaries. Um, you don't necessarily have to cut somebody completely out of your life, but like may, maybe you just limit the time you're with them because you don't want to lose that connection. But sometimes people got to go. Sometimes people got to go. You need a fresh start. You need a fresh perspective, and that's just the way it is. So, yeah, best of luck with that. With that said, call your family. Um, stay in contact. Call your mom, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister. Let people know how much they mean to you while they're still here. I just mentioned how, top of the show, how Roger passed away after he had been diagnosed 45 days ago with cancer, probably maybe even less. He literally told me in January at my surprise birthday, 40th birthday party, because he was there. Um, because like Matt's whole family was there, it was, it was pretty incredible. He literally told me, you know, I, he was like, I, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the man you've become. And I was like, thanks, Roger. I really appreciate that. And he's like, cheers. And we 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 toasted. And now he's gone. But I always have, because he wasn't my dad. And obviously, I've interacted with him on many occasions because that's my best friend's dad. But I'll always have that memory of him just telling me he was proud of me on my 40th birthday. And it means a lot. It's, it's tell people how you feel about him, man. This is this is why, this is why, because now I'll always have that memory of Roger. Now that Roger's gone, so <sighs> just tell people how you feel about him. Um, hug, hug your significant other, kiss significant other. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Get y'all's pride on. Make them homophobes uncomfortable, man. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Hug your kids. Tell them they're special. Just tell people you love them. I went to the 304 Recon's Law Abiding Citizens show last Saturday at 123. And let me tell you that one, it was a great time, great shows, great performances. But I got to see all my people I haven't seen in years. And I told so many people I loved them and it was amazing. And it wasn't even on some drunk on some drunk BS. Yeah, eventually it was pretty, it was in a good place. But this is prior to me being anything. I just, I love you. I love you. I love. I was telling everybody that because it's just so important. And if anything were to happen to anybody, they're not going to question how I felt about them. So there's that. Try to have good interactions with people, man. Because you never know what the next man or woman or they is going through and your kind words could save their life or someone else's. So always try to have good interactions with people. You just never know. Again. <sighs> trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. Mm, I want the Heat to win the finals, but I don't think it's going to happen. And that's okay. That's all right. It sucks for the Heat, but I don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, though. Um. 
I don't I don't think there's anything else that I really got for y'all, man. So no little wisecracks or anything like that. So I appreciate y'all joining me on this this uh laid back edition of hyphenation. I hope y'all have enjoyed it. I appreciate each and every one of y'all that take the time to listen to the sound of my voice, including Mark Robb, who uh was talking to me about Huey uh just after he listened to the episode last week. He's like, You need to have Huey on the show. Um, so I'd love to have Huey in the show. I, I just need to reach out and figure out a time that works because I, I don't think it'd be an issue. Because I told you, Huey's a stand-up guy last episode. So this might be finally when he's like, no, I don't want to do your dumb podcast. And I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough, bro. But no, I, I appreciate y'all tuning in to the Barack Obama Approval of the Grace podcast. Episode 212 is in the books. I'm going to go get me some more coffee, find some something to eat. We had this pizza from Homegrown Pizza last night, and it was pulled pork mac and cheese. I didn't realize that with the pulled pork and mac and cheese, in addition, they put jalapenos on there. Oh, so good. And I, I put hot sauce in my slice last night that I ate before I went to bed. Oh, oh, so good. It sounded like Homer or something inappropriate. <laughs> Whoops. Well, guys, I say all that to say this every single time. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?